Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda is in Zephyr A, and I'm in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me and season 26 for Amanda. And this is day six of season 98. Welcome back from Labor Day. Our first question asks, what word is shared between a thin slice of tender meat and also a bivalve? So I didn't know just the, the thin slice of meat one. So I'm thinking bivalves. I'm thinking clam, like oyster. And I kind of pause on that and I think, I feel like oyster as a, uh, a cut of meat is a thing I've heard. Hmm. So I kind of, I kind of put a pin in that, go on to some of the other ones. I'm thinking about them later. Uh, I was highly insomniac last night, so <laughs> had a lot of time to think about these and just kind of let them bounce around in my mind. And I thought, this just isn't, that, that's not ringing quite enough of a bell for me. So I'm trying to think of other bivalves, clams and oysters. And, and then it hit me, this is the scallop. The scallop, is the scallop a bivalve? I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, I'm also not sure that it's a thin slice of meat, but it is a thinly sliced potato, mm-hmm. the scalloped potato. So I figure, well, a thin slice of potato and a thin slice of meat wouldn't be that different. You know, and you'd, uh, it would make sense to use the same term for either. Uh, and sure, a scallop is probably a bivalve. I, it occurs to me that I don't actually know what a bivalve is. I thought it was like two shells. And I don't, but I don't know that a scallop has a shell, mm. but failing anything else, I couldn't really think of any other bivalves that, that worked. Uh, briefly, I was thinking like the quahog, that didn't, that <laughs> didn't work either, really. Um, so, okay, yeah, we'll just go with uh, scallop. Yeah, so initially with this one, I was thinking of types of, you know, clams and things like that, and really the... And, and other bivalves, and I think, I believe that a bivalve does have the two shells that are halves that kind of hinge together. Um, and so I thought there's something that's called like a razor clam, I think. But I thought that, I don't think that's a culinarily much of a thing. Um, and I can't imagine a slice of meat being called a razor. Like, I've never heard of anything that's quite like that. Um just thinking of, you know, it sounds uh, sort of like, and it, and it depends how thinly you picture the meat being sliced, too. Like, if it's shaved, so maybe mm. that could be a thing, but, um, but it didn't sound familiar. And so the only other bivalve I really could think of initially was a scallop. And I thought, yeah, I think I've heard of scalloped, uh, ham in particular. Mm. I don't know about like beef or other meats, but that one I have. Um, and I did try to think of some more just different types of shells and sea creatures that have them. Um, you know, is it a whelk? Is it a conch? Is it a, mm. um, you know, thinking of a few, trying to, a few other things. Uh, abalone, uh, almost tempted me a little bit cause I thought abalone of beef maybe. Mm. I don't know. Um, but then I came back to scallop and I thought, this one seems like the likeliest to be um, kind of familiarly known in a culinary sense. And I did think about scalloped potatoes. And I remember learning about how um, them being scalloped, I, I always think of that as like a particular preparation with kind of like 
cream and cheese and that kind of thing as a way of cooking the potatoes in a casserole type dish. Um, but I only learned uh, a little later in my adult life that scalloped potatoes are called that because they're thinly sliced. Mm -hmm. It's not because of the other ingredients that go in with them. And I, I don't know why I would think that it, you know, somehow I got that impression as a, as a kid. Um, because they were very popular in our youth, I feel like, yes. scalloped potatoes. Um, and so once I kind of set that down in my head, that, okay, scalloping is about thin slicing, and I remember mm. learning about that, then I felt more confident in putting down scallop. Do you know whether scallopini has to do with thinly slicing? I don't okay. offhand. Yeah, no. me neither. But scallop was the correct answer. Yes. So. Oh, and by the way, a scallop shell is like the kind you would see on a shell station. Oh, okay. It's got that kind oh, of distinctive, right. yeah, yeah. Um, kind of rippled shell mm -hmm. with two little triangles. Kind of yeah. yeah, kind of fan shape with the okay. little triangle hinges at right, the bottom. Right. Um, yeah, so that's your they're so, they're so, typical scallop. They're so blocky that it's kind of weird to think that they there's a shell. Oh yeah, scallops themselves. You know, they're just kind of those little round. Yeah bits of meat although i don't know what has been cleaned off of them for us sure to eat oh them yeah in that definitely yeah. way but yes question two asks us for a 363 mile feat of civil engineering that began in 1817 right and when completed uh beat the previous record for a thing of this type um which was previously was 27 miles um, so this one, I started thinking about like different roads or railroads that it could possibly be, but nothing sounded very familiar. And the length of it wasn't really long enough to, I don't know, be the start of route 66 or mm. even to be like, you know, and it, it, it wouldn't be right for like Michigan Avenue, which, you know, connects Chicago and Michigan and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's like, like Grand River Avenue doesn't go that far here in Michigan, for example. Um, so I had to kind of think about, well, what other infrastructure projects would be measured in lengths of miles? Um, and so I thought, is it about, you know, is it about a subway, a rail car? Is it about a canal? And that kind of clicked a little bit because I thought, is this... This sounds much too early for the Panama Canal, but then the Erie Canal kind of popped into my head. And in particular, um, there's a, like a folk song or like a, um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what you'd call it, mm -hmm. a folk song about the Erie Canal mm -hmm. that my dad would sing a snippet of from time to time. And um, I don't think he played it for us very much, like the full song, but um, I definitely know it from kind of the pop culture side of things. Uh, more than anything, I thought, does, you know, knowing what I know about it, it's in, I think, New York, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, New York, um, that would it be fitting that it's 363 miles? Sure, I think. Um, I know it was a big infrastructure project. 1817 sounded plausible for a date for it to begin, um, as did canal building as an enterprise to be taking place starting in the early 19th century uh, in the U.S. And so I thought, sure, Erie Canal seems to fit the bill here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just, as soon as I saw 1817, civil engineering 
hundreds of miles, I immediately thought, this has got to be the Erie Canal. Um, just that that time frame really uh, made sense to me because it was far enough in advance of the railroad that it wasn't just immediately obsoleted, mm-hmm. uh, but it was very much in advance of the railroad by decades. So it wasn't an early railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, yeah, early 19th century, that would be about the time that they were uh, that they were trying to connect the, the Great Lakes and the Atlantic Ocean uh, shorter than going all the way up the St. Lawrence and such. Um, so, yeah, just for for lack of anything else, I figured this has got to be the Erie Canal. Mm-hmm. And that was the correct answer. Uh, question three asks us, what three ages of children does the Japanese festival Shichigo-san celebrate? I had no idea on this. Uh, I figured that those three terms were the ages, the numbers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to think, okay, how can I figure out what those numbers are? And the first one, Shichi, I kind of thought was, I kind of thought each of those individually was one and two in Japanese. I don't know why oh. I thought that. So I thought, okay, add those up and that's three. Okay. Shichi, Shichi, one, two, three. Um, and then I thought, okay, so what's Go? I figure, well, Go is the, the board game, uh, where you are trying to surround stones, uh, of the other player, and it takes eight stones to surround one. Okay. So maybe the second one is eight. Maybe Go comes from the number eight. Okay. Uh, and then San, uh, which I am used to seeing as an honorific part of a name, Mm-hmm. You, you would call someone by their name and then add san to indicate respect. And I thought well, maybe that's when they become an adult and it's 18. Mm-hmm. So I figured that those ages kind of make sense to celebrate. Three, you're sort of, you know, oh, sentient at that point, basically. <laughs> you can kind of, you know, three-year-olds kind of communicate and they're they're more able than one or two-year-olds to understand, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being celebrated here. This is a thing. Ah. Uh, you know, this is this is when I'm kind of you know becoming a person, and okay. then eight is sort of you know that we have an eight year old, and th- that's uh, they're they're more capable of taking care of themselves mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Not you know they, uh, I think that might be in Michigan at least that might be like the the youngest age at which they can be left alone for any amount of time, even okay. just a little bit. Um, uh, and then 18, of course, when you become an adult. So I figure, okay, that makes sense. That's 3, 8, 8, and 18 are those ages. Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah, I took a, a different tack on this one and thought, well, there must be a reason that it's held on November 15th. Mm-hmm. And there is, spoiler alert, but it's not my reasoning for it. Um, but I had a similar idea, like this must be three ages at which you're kind of hitting milestones. So... I thought, you've got the 15 here in the number, so that's probably one of them. That's, you know, your age of, you know, sort of coming of age. It might be kind of like, you know, there's quinceañeras in Mm -hmm. uh, uh, different cultures. So maybe 15 is, you know, that sort of beginning of adulthood or beginning of a young adulthood kind of age. And then I thought, well, one in five, just because, like, you've got the, in the sort of digits of the number... You've got the 1 and the 5 and the 15, 
So I thought, one, sure, that's like a lot of cultures will baptize a child when they reach age one, because that's when you're pretty sure the child's going to survive out of infancy. Um, And then age five, that's when you start school. So, or when, at least in our American culture, I I don't quite know if it works exactly the same way in Japan. Um, But I just thought those sounded plausible and kind of, give a reason behind the November 15th um, kind of date. And so I just thought, 1, 5, and 15, why not? Sure. Turns out it's 7, 5, and 3. Which adds up to 15. But, mm. uh, yeah, didn't th- this turned out to be a more yekioid question than I knew it would be. Uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they can. They uh, enjoy your... Uh, Japanese speakers among us enjoy this yeah. question that many of us will not have any way to uh, attain. Question four asks us for a typeface style that aimed to replicate handwritten manuscripts and was invented in Venice around 1500. Yes, um, and it uh, the, the thing that really struck me, uh, well, two things. One, that it's a typeface style, which is... Uh, which would be an overly um, roundabout way of saying font. So I, I briefly thought, oh, is this is there like a font that I'm supposed to recognize here that's one of those named ones that's after a city or whatever? Um, but then I realized, no, it's a typeface style, and that's different. And there's all this stuff at the end about an Italian-sounding city where an Italian-sounding person uh, you know, invented this thing in Venice, which is in Italy, but Italy is carefully left out of the question. And so I thought, oh, this is about italics then. And the idea that it's replacing handwritten manuscripts, italic is, is kind of a uh, angled like uh, cursive or script, you know, writing um, to kind of and it makes sense that that would be a, a way of sort of replacing that handwritten looking type of thing with something that looks like someone, you know, maybe wrote out by hand. So I thought, yeah, this must be what italics comes from. So I put italic. Uh, I did not pick up any of those hints. Um, <laughs> and I may well have dismissed them simply because the reason... Uh, one of the possible reasons that it avoids the word Italian is because Italian didn't exist as a thing mm. in the 1500s. I suppose, yeah. Aldous Manutius would not have thought of himself as Italian. Mm. He would have thought of himself as Venetian. I see. Uh, or uh, whatever the hell the adjective is for people from Lazio. Sure. So, um, But yeah, I just... I, I saw replicating handwritten manuscripts and immediately jumped to Gothic. Mm. Um, for that very formal sort of the, the from the illuminated manuscripts. Oh, like calligraphy kind of. Right. Handwriting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and just said that and put it in the 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 answer space and moved my ass on, and that was it. <laughs> I was I was done with that question because that was obviously uh. the correct one. I failed rule one. I did not read every word in the question, and yeah, typeface style is not a font. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah. I mean, the answer was italic, but I mm-hmm. feel like gothic as a sort of 
style kind of fits the bill too in fairness to your brain um in i mean in the sense of like you can have there's a font called gothic Mm -hmm. but you can have a gothic style of doing calligraphy and that's you know Mm. that's a little different anyway uh understandable yeah it was italic indeed uh question five uh, asks us essentially to give the stage name of the father of hip-hop uh, this is one that I bounced around in my head all night uh, after I read the questions. Because my, my first thought was, for some reason, Melly Mel popped mm. into my head as a very early uh, hip-hop artist. And then I thought, that that's just not... Uh, kind of, the, I think the reason that did is because his name was Clive Campbell. And you can kind of get Mel from Campbell. Mm. Uh, but it's sort of a stretch. Okay. So... I, and I thought, okay, other very early hip hop icons. You got Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would it be Grandmaster Flash? And I thought, well, I feel like Grandmaster Flash probably was the MC, not the DJ. Yeah, that is how those things tend to to operate. Um, when you've got a crew like that, your MC is the is the front man. Um, you know, just like Bruce Springsteen is the front man of the E Street Band, etc. And Tom sure. Petty of the Heartbreakers, that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, I tried to dismiss that. And then I thought of DJ Cool Herc, who is not someone I would recognize. I don't know any of his music, but I do know that he was one of the very early pioneers. Mm-hmm. And I, I had kind of settled on that for just because it didn't wave me off of Melly Mel because Cool Herc is is a name that does not come from another name. Like that's not a thing you. Those are that's that's a name I can imagine coming up out of whole cloth. Sure. Much like Grandmaster Flash, it's mm-hmm. not derived. Melly Mel sounds like it's derived from something. True. Like there's the name Mel somewhere in that dude's actual name. I think. <laughs> I don't know that for 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 a fact. So, um. So could. Clive Campbell be Cool Herc? Entirely possible. Uh, I almost waved myself off of this because I feel fairly certain that, uh, that his stage name is DJ Cool Herc, and DJ's in the question. Mm. Very specifically as DJ, not disc jockey. Right. Um, so I just kind of figured, but for, for lack of anyone else really popping into mind, and you know, I, I went through all of the hip-hop names I could think of, and they were all just at best a little late like you run dmcs okay i know yeah. they were you know as much as a decade later uh, they were not in the in that very very initial uh burst in the early 70s um and so i just i kept coming back to dj cool herc and so if i finally just said well maybe it's just cool herc mm-hmm. uh, cool with a k uh, and i can just say that without the dj part because dj's in the question and maybe i Maybe that's not really, maybe his stage name is actually Cool Herc and everybody just knows he's DJ and so they just always called him the DJ, comma, mm-hmm. Cool Herc rather than it being fully DJ Cool Herc. So I said Cool Herc and that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to go, that's where I'm going to land on because I cannot devote any more mental cycles <laughs> to this. Yeah, I, this one is just one that is a bit of hip hop history that I have not committed to memory apparently 
Uh, I know I've read about it or heard about it on music documentaries. Um, and I, and at the same time, sort of faced on the question, being almost certain that I wouldn't be able to pull it because it was like, it's a specific thing. It doesn't have a, you know, there isn't kind of a, I don't know, family tree of it or something mm -hmm. that's like, you don't know these other people who collaborated with this person. Like, that's not a thing that just comes up a, a lot as you learn about hip hop or hear the songs or learn about the artists. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had to, I, I did my best to let my brain kind of excavate down into like my layers of knowledge about the, the genre and um, just the farthest back I could get was Grandmaster Flash. Mm -hmm. That was, um, you know, the, the one that I could identify as being very early, um, probably not as early as this, of course, but um, I just thought that's, that's as far back as I'm going to get that, you know, the, the excavator won't go farther. <laughs> I've hit clay. I don't know what to, you know, reasonable what to say at that point. Um, and it sounds like that is, you know, that is a wrong answer um, and is likely to be a most common wrong answer. <laughs> I suspect so. Yeah. Among our friend group, at least. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, that was, that was, the answer that I could put down that didn't sound too ignorant. Mm -hmm. So that's what I went with. It turns out it was DJ Cool Herc. Very good. So yeah, I don't know how I pulled that one. And I would say like DJ in general going with the stage name is really a title. Mm -hmm. It's not like DJ Jazzy Jeff is also just known as Jazzy Jeff. Like mm -hmm. you, you would know who that is right? without saying DJ. It's, it's yeah, kind of... I, I feel like that. Yeah. Those are the, that's the least important of the three words involved. So yeah, I feel as though I'm probably going to get credit for that. Oh, I'm certain. I can hope. I'm certain. Question six asks us what tool uh, is known as the incus and is the middle of the three ossicles of the inner ear, the, the middle ear rather. Right. Um, yeah. This. So. I really know these mostly by their English names of hammer, anvil, and stirrup. Um, and I kind of thinking that it would be a stretch to call the stirrup a tool. I kind of eliminated that one uh, more or less outright. And so I thought if I can think of the, the Latin name for hammer, and uh, then I can, you know, decide which of those two this applies to um and i thought malleus is probably hammer because it's like mallet it's i remember mm -hmm. learning that that's kind of the association there um and so i was pretty sure this is going to be the anvil and i it makes sense that you know uh, incas sort of sounds almost sound imitative of what you do with an anvil you pound metal into shape on it sure. so um i thought that was most likely to be the right one uh and i felt like i you know i felt like it would be a giant table flipping gif of some kind if it turned out to be the stirrup because that was just like that's not a tool that's a component of a something else mm -hmm. um and so I put down anvil. 
I, so I, I'll come back to my, uh, I won't say argument with that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I also Im- immediately thought, okay, this is the hammer, anvil, or stirrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, uh, for some reason, immediately knew malleus is the hammer. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I, I can eliminate that one. And the key here is that it was, it is the middle, the Incas is the middle of the three ossicles. And I figure, okay, if you've got two bones named the hammer and the anvil, they're going to be next to each other. Yes. If they are next to each other, then logically the middle one is not going to be the stirrup. Probably not. So it's got, it's got to be either hammer, anvil, stirrup, or stirrup, hammer, anvil, or anvil, stirrup, hammer, anvil, hammer, something like that. Right. Um, so if the middle one isn't the hammer, the middle one has to be the anvil. Okay. Uh, so the Incas must be the anvil. Uh, and I al- and I, I also thought of the, well, stirrup, stirrup isn't a tool either. And I thought, is the anvil really a tool? I, I mean, I know it's a useful thing. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a mechanism that's used, but really it's a surface mm-hmm. that you use a tool. You know, you're, 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 the hammer is the tool. For the most part, the anvil is just the thing that's helping the hammer do a more precise job of things. So would you say in the pairing of a mortar and pestle that the pestle is not a tool? I would probably say that the mortar and pestle combined are a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, though you could use a mortar without the pestle. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably I would say no, the pestle isn't any more than like, is a table a tool? Well, is a cutting no, board you're a not, tool? If you hmm, see, I think the anvil maybe has some additional applications that are not just putting something on it. Well, I mean, you, exactly. you, you can bend things around it. I know. Yeah, it's, it's that's like why shaped the horn that is way. For, yeah. Or, yeah, but but that's still the the hammer's doing the work, as far as I know, in those cases, mm. or possibly pliers if you're if you're bending something over. But the 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 anvil itself just is kind of there, and I mm-hmm. I don't think of uh, I I don't think of a thing that's just there as being a tool. Even though I know, like the screw, technically speaking, is just there. the The inclined plane is just there, but mm. uh, for some reason, it's just and and that and this is all well, just kind of you know me also sort of trying to justify my <laughs> logic of oh the anvil must be in the middle. Um, so I, yeah, I just eventually said it's got to be, it's got to be the anvil because mm-hmm. the stirrup can't be in the middle. It can't be between the hammer and the anvil. Sure. So even though probably you use a, an anvil to make a stirrup and hit it with a hammer, but who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I suppose you could have the stirrup on the one end, like it, and then the hammer anvil, the hammer in the middle, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it's always phrased like hammer, anvil, and stirrup. Like, they're in that alignment Mm -hmm. uh, in a row, and I think they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the correct answer. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of, I I still sort of want to talk about the the tool (laughs) distinction a little bit, just Mm because, you know, you brought up the inclined plane, which is like a simple machine. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not a tool, it's a machine. Yeah. So that's a, a question of whether... You know, what what makes it a tool like mm-hmm. 
the, the moving part versus just something to brace on, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it does bring up an interesting semantic question of like, is our kitchen counter a tool? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a work surface, but it's not doing a thing. Right. So I, I yeah, see why I, you bring it up. Various dictionaries define a tool as something you hold in a hand to do a particular mm -hmm. task. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the word itself comes from something used in the preparation of something. Okay. So we can go either way. And anvil is the latter, not the former. No. If you think about how Wiley e. Coyote used anvils, he made them into tools. He dropped them on people. He, well, he and dropped them on himself. Is, on on is himself? part of the problem. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I feel as though the, the accidental nature of their use precludes them from being a tool. I think he dropped them intentionally too, though. He, uh, I suppose. He, mm. he did intend to drop them on something that was not himself, yes. Sure. Fair. So there, there we have it. That yeah. decides it. <laughs> so anyway, I had four on the day. I did as well. I, I'm up against uh, a very, very smart person in our friend group who's uh, competing in the champion in this championship. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't love my total here, but... Uh, you know, anything could happen. The certainly the ones I missed were, I would say, the most yakioid ones. I, I don't know how well I defended them. Um, well, I sort of do know how well I defended one of them because uh, my opponent is uh, quite proud of their Italian heritage. <laughs> so I'm hoping that Italic, I did not underdefend uh -huh. uh, for that person. But um, yeah, sim similar with DJ Cool Herc, I. Just felt like this is a fact that they would have picked up and and sure. uh, held on to. So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how it works out. Yep. So that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. You can follow us at Learned Lag with all the vowels now on Blue Sky. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.